0: Great preschool parents, welcome back to Raise Ready Kids, where month by month you master the culture-building strategies you need to raise kids with the knowledge, skills, character, and purpose they need to thrive. I'm Bill Jackson, founder of Raise Ready Kids and your host this month. When you get a moment, try this with your preschooler. Out of their sight, get a box of crayons or something similar that they know well and empty it out. Replace the crayons with paper clips or something else they know. Then, call your child over and ask, What do you think is in this box? They'll answer, Crayons, of course. Now, show them what's really in the box. They'll probably be surprised. You fooled them. Then, close the box again and think of someone your child knows well, a sibling or a friend. Now, ask your child, What will your friend think is in the box when they see it closed up like this? What does your child say? The psychologist Alison Gopnik has conducted this experiment as part of her research into how children become aware of other people's thoughts and feelings. She's found that most three-year-olds will answer paperclips. They can't imagine that other people don't know what they know. On the other hand, most four-year-olds will answer crayons. They have figured out that other people can know and think different things than they do. Being aware that other people have thoughts and feelings different from our own And being able to imagine what those thoughts and feelings might be is one of the most valuable skills a person can have. Psychologists call it perspective-taking. Perspective-taking underlies our success as family members, citizens, and workers. The better you understand the perspective of your spouse or partner, the better you'll be at working through conflict and helping them feel loved. The better you understand the perspective of your colleagues at work, the more likely you'll be able to work together to accomplish great things. The better you understand the perspective of people from different racial, ethnic, or economic backgrounds, the more possible it will be for you to help build an inclusive society. The better you understand the perspective of people with different political opinions, the more likely you are to be able to have conversations that actually influence what other people think. Your preschooler is just beginning to learn perspective-taking, and you can do a great deal to support them on this journey with the Raise Ready Kids strategy called perspective-taking. Perspective-taking has four parts. First, help your child feel known and understood. Second, focus your child on the effect of their behavior on others. Third, promote collaborative problem-solving. And fourth, talk frequently about how a wide variety of people feel. Let's start with the first part, help your child feel known and understood. Researchers who study how children develop the capacity to take the perspective of others have concluded that this capacity is built on the foundation of warm, trusting, adult-child relationships. For example, the psychologist Ross Thompson has studied preschool environments and how teachers respond to children's tantrums. Some teachers respond with words like, Now is a terrible time to have a tantrum while others respond with words like, you must be really upset about something. Thompson found that children who hear the second kind of messages more rapidly improve their capacity to understand others' feelings and thoughts. It makes sense if you think about it. As James Baldwin once said, children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. The first way children learn to understand others' perspectives is from parents and teachers who model sensitivity and curiosity as they interact with children. If you're like me, you're a work in progress on this score. It's not always natural for me to stop and think about what another person is feeling or thinking, especially when I've been triggered. One of the best techniques I've found to help myself get better at this is what the neuroscientist John Medina calls the empathy reflex. It's a super simple two-part process. First, describe to yourself the emotion you think you see in the other person. Second, make a guess as to where their emotion is coming from. That's all. As Medina notes, when you make an effort to guess where another person's emotions are coming from, it forces you to try on their feelings, at least for a brief moment. This ritual helps you observe more closely to notice the emotion the other person is feeling, not just the words they are speaking or the actions they are taking. Try using the empathy reflex with your own child. The insights you gain about what they are feeling will strengthen your own perspective-taking ability, which will make you a better model for your child. Everyday conversation presents many opportunities for you to communicate to your child that you know and value their thoughts and feelings. For example, when your child is trying to communicate something that's important to them, you can repeat back their words. I think I heard you say that you think the rule about helping with dishes before you play is unfair. Is that right? You can also describe what you see going on with your child like a sportscaster. You cleaned up all of your room. What a great day at 57 Spring Street. In addition, you communicate appreciation and respect when you ask your child's opinion about things. Did you like that book? What do you enjoy about going to the park? All of these everyday moments add up to help build your child's capacity to understand the perspectives of others. Now on to part two of the Raise Ready Kids perspective-taking strategy. Focus your child on the effect of their behavior on others. Perspective-taking doesn't come naturally to most preschool-age children. Recall the experiment with crayons and paperclips. Four-year-olds are just beginning to recognize that other people can know and believe different things than they do. When our children disappoint us with their behavior, part of the issue is often that they are early in their journey of discerning how other people feel. They need our help along with our calibrated disapproval. When your child acts in an uncaring way, the first thing they need to hear from you is a description of their behavior and its effect on you or whomever they have hurt. Hey, you kicked my leg. That hurt me. You grabbed the Lego from him. See, you made him cry you're not paying attention to your friend. Now he feels sad. The formula is to talk about the action first and then the feeling that it has led to. The most effective way to do this is with a medium tone. There could be a little distress in your voice, but you don't want to distract your child with your own disappointment or anger. Rather, your goal is to get your child to pay attention to the impact of their actions on others. It's best to linger for just a moment on the hurt they've caused. Don't rush to impose a consequence, if called for, before you've given your child a moment to consider the impact of their actions. Suppose your child grabs a toy from a child named Miley. You could ask your child, how would you feel if Miley took your toy? Make your face look how Miley feels. How does Miley feel? Don't worry if they say, I wouldn't care, or something like that. Keep pointing out the impact of their actions on others. The psychologist Michelle Borba recommends an approach she calls freeze and think, which you could try if your child has said something rude. Stop right now, you could say. Take a look at dad's face and ask yourself how you would feel if your daughter just spoke that way. What do you need to say to dad? Another Borba suggestion. Ask for a redo. Henry, your words made Jorge feel sad. Try saying that again in a different way that won't make him feel sad. Maybe you could think of words that would make him feel happy. If all goes well, you could end up in a conversation about what kinds of words would be most appropriate to the situation, building off each other's ideas. Research shows that these kinds of methods are surprisingly effective with preschoolers and even toddlers. At the same time, you're sometimes going to need more than a brief conversation to help your child understand the impact of their actions on others. This is where role-playing comes in. Let's say your child says something rude to you. After calling attention to how their words made you feel, you could say to your child, let's switch places, I'll be you and you be me. Then you repeat their words to them in your role as them and let things flow from there. Make sure to do this in a playful way that doesn't put your child on the spot. Your child is going to be more receptive if they don't feel humiliated. You can try the same kind of role play if your child is having challenges working through conflicts with friends. Shauna, I'll pretend to be you. Aaliyah, you can't play with us. Now you pretend to be Aaliyah. What is she feeling? How does it feel to be left out? Puppets and other props can make roleplay even more fun. When siblings are fighting, you can ask them to switch places. Have them try to work out a problem while pretending to be each other. It's probably useful to try, even if your preschooler can't really do it yet. Finally, you can use what Michelle Borba calls imagineering. Suppose you want to encourage your child to send a get-well card to their grandmother. How would grandma feel if she got a card from you, you might say. Pretend you're grandma and tell me what it feels like to get the card from you. How do you feel? Once you've done what you can to help your child put themselves in someone else's shoes, you may want to require that they make amends for any hurt they've caused. I expect you to treat people kindly. What will you do to make Alejandro feel better? Or, what do you need to say to me now? Affirm your child if and when they do so. Thank you. It is not easy, but it's the caring thing to do. Whenever you express disappointment, keep the focus on your child's behaviors. You want to say, I am disappointed in your behavior rather than, I am disappointed in you. This emphasis helps your child understand that there's nothing fundamentally wrong about themselves, and they'll have an easier time recovering and doing better next time. Okay, on to part three of perspective-taking, promote collaborative problem-solving. The core idea here is that we're going to help our children develop perspective-taking by applying it in a problem-solving context. The child development expert Ellen Galinsky tells a wonderful story about how she helped her children develop collaborative problem-solving skills. Like many kids, her nine-year-old son and four-year-old daughter often fought in the back seat during car rides. At first, Galinsky was annoyed and just wanted them to stop. Stop fighting, she would say again and again, which pretty much made no difference at all. Then she got more curious about what was going on. Putting her own perspective-taking skills to use, she noticed the various ways they were driving each other nuts. She accepted that sibling rivalry was just going to be a fact of life and let go of the burden she was feeling to stop it. Instead, she reframed the fights as an opportunity to help them learn to deal with conflict. So I called a family meeting, Golinsky writes in her book, Mind in the Making. I said, the fighting in the car when I'm taking you to school makes it hard for me to drive safely. I'm not interested in who starts the fights and I'm not interested in whose fault it is. I'm only interested in who has a good idea for stopping the fights. I'm going to write down all of your ideas so we can try out some of them. She helped them come up with possible solutions and try them out. When considering solutions, the kids had to use their emerging perspective-taking skills as they considered whether the solution would work from the perspective of their sibling. Working together, they decided to create car kits, small bags they could fill with a few toys and activities. That worked for a while. Eventually, Galinsky writes, they decided that they wanted to do things together. For example, they invented their own radio show that involved interviewing each other. Galinsky's story points to how we can foster collaborative problem-solving skills in our own homes. First, recognize that conflict is inevitable. Your goal is not to stop it, but rather to make use of it to help them gain skills. Next, tell your kids that you expect them to work with each other to figure out solutions to their conflicts. Help them find solutions that work for all parties. Teach them how to use I statements, for example, I feel frustrated when you come into my space and encourage them to keep trying if and when their initial ideas don't work. Your results will vary, but remember that the journey is the destination. You're not going for world peace. You're going for growth, improvements in their ability to understand and work together with others that will pay dividends down the road if not now. All right. Time to turn our attention to the final part of perspective-taking – talk frequently about how a wide variety of different people feel. This final part is about raising your child's awareness and sensitivity towards how people feel – all kinds of people, including people they don't know. The goal is to build your child's empathy as well as their perspective-taking skills. Research shows that parents have the opportunity to begin doing this when their children are very young. One study shows that siblings got along better as they grew up when mothers talked to an older child about a new baby as a matter of joint responsibility, and helped the older child understand the baby by saying things like, The baby is crying. Why do you think he's crying? With a preschooler, a good approach is to ask lots of, I wonder, questions focused on people's feelings. I wonder what Aunt Beth is feeling as she moves to a new home. I wonder what your friend Eric is feeling about his new baby sister. Encourage your kids to wonder aloud about new children and adults they meet. I wonder what that child in the swing is thinking. You can slowly but surely broaden their perspective by asking, I wonder, questions about people who live in very different circumstances than your own. A homeless person. A person practicing unfamiliar cultural or religious rituals. A child who has just lost their home to a tornado. You can also encourage your child to consider the perspective of waiters and other people who provide services to them. What are they feeling? How are people treating them? How can we show respect and appreciation for them? The psychologist Michelle Borba suggests using the formula feels plus needs. Look for opportunities to discuss the feelings of someone who is having a hard time. Then ask your child to guess what the person might need to improve their mood. For example, you could say to your child, See that boy with his face looking down? How do you think he feels? Your child might respond, He's sad. You could then respond, What do you think he needs to feel better? If your child responds with something like, Somebody to play with, you could say, Is there something you could do to help? You can also use books, movies, and the news to stimulate these kinds of discussions by asking questions about how characters might be feeling. Kids might notice and ask about photos in a newspaper or website after you give a little explanation, ask a question of them. How do you think they might be feeling or thinking? All right, time for a quick recap. Now, when your child is in preschool, is a great time to begin helping them develop the vital skill of perspective taking. Here at Raise Ready Kids, we have a four-part strategy to do that. First, help your child feel known and understood. Second, focus your child on the effect of their behavior on others. Third, Promote collaborative problem solving. And fourth, talk frequently about how a wide variety of different people feel. With your help, your child will become increasingly aware that other people have thoughts and feelings different from their own, and that building strong relationships requires understanding, acknowledging, and responding to other people's feelings. Everything you do to help your child gain this skill will ultimately help them thrive as a family member, citizen, and worker.